Welcome to the Hope Hotline. I can promise you that today is going to be one spicy, hold on, let me fix this, one spicy podcast. I just hung up with the insurance company. It did not go well. And I am madder than a flipping hornet right now. I've had, I literally had to walk away and pray before this, like at five minutes till. It was not a good conversation. They're evil. They are spawns of hell. I am so mad. But hopefully I answered. Listen, none of these questions are going to infuriate me. So none of you are going to get the wrath. They're laughing over there. None of you guys are going to get the wrath from my anger. Because I am so... I can feel like the rage. It's like somebody is taking my... And doing this to me, I'm so mad inside. But I'm not going to behave like that. I'm going to be Christ-like. And had I listened to the man on the phone when he was talking to me, I just, I just, and he was such an idiot that I put the phone down. I didn't even listen to a word he said because none of it made sense. None of it was right. I'm telling you, these insurance companies, they are so wretched. They are terrible people. Unlike the people that work for them and perpetuate their wrongness. Literally had one of the people on the phone tell me, like, they, they don't agree with what the insurance companies do are doing, but they have no choice. Yeah, you do. Don't work for them. They don't perpetuate their evil because... Seriously, it's downright nasty and mean and unkind and fraudulent and everything. It's just wrong. Thank God we have God's bank account and not the bank account of the world because we'd be in big trouble. But, and if you're in the same position we are in, um, just know you're, you know, I understand your plight. I've been dealing with in my house. The, the stuff they've pulled on my house is just ridiculous. But I don't have the world's bank account. I have God's. And I know righteously that God will win. And everyone whose hand has touched the church and the wrongdoing that's being done to them, vindication is the Lord's. That's all there is to it. Now, this background, girls, did you give me this one as a choice? Yes. You did. I don't remember them all. I was so mad when they were giving me my options. I actually like the Daisy one the best. Okay. So you might see that one next time. I don't know. I, I didn't love any of them. They're, they're trying to change it up because I don't know why. I like the other one, but other people didn't like the other one. Well, your hair is different, so it's like yeah. a different thing. Let's turn you on, Tracy, oh. so everybody can see you. Okay. You can see Tracy now. Hey. There you we go. We got a whole crew Hey, with let us. me ask yeah. Tell us, do you like seeing them? The Heather and Logan. <laughs> hey, listen. Yeah. Why are you hiding, girls? There Say you go. Hey. See Heather. There you go. Heather's participating. <laughs> see, this is the things that people don't see. Yeah, now you do. Yeah, now you do. Now you do. I'm looking at you guys <laughs> on the screen. So, like, when I, I, I usually am looking down. But when I look at them, yeah, like yeah. it's going to be hard for me not to look at you. But I can look down, but then I'm not looking at the camera. Whatever. I can switch that. So, um, okay, I'm not in love with this background. Can you quickly change it? Is that even possible? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's, let me, let's let me try do the out. daisy one. Okay. 
All right. Let's have maybe we can have some. This might make me happier because daisies and and yellow are happy. I like that one better. It's like I'm in a field of a meadow of of, of flowers. (laughs) You look like that. You look like and the sun is shining. You look like an angel. Look at that. Right over your head. I do Perfect not feel, placement. I feel like a I feel like a devil right now. I'm not kidding you. I'm so mad. Like listen. That's good. Okay. Chuck Calusa. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I didn't mean to give his last name. Deckummit. Chuck, who works at the church and does a lot of work for us, yeah. who I love. Mm-hmm. I met somebody out in the hallway. Uh, my nephew's girlfriend's family was just in the hallway and I had to be very, very nice. Because it's the first time they've met me. <laughs> After I hung up with the insurance company, I'm going out to pray to, to become more spiritually minded because mm-hmm. I was not end. spiritually minded. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to spit nails. Um, so I walk out and lo and behold, they're, they're there. They're right there. And I'm like, okay, You're now's like, the time. Pass You're the gonna test. Be, you got to be Christ-like. <laughs> so I, I put on Jesus. And I was nice. They're very nice people. Yeah. Very nice family. Yeah. Very they are. pretty easy to be like that with. Then um, Chuck comes out because he heard me say how mad I was, and Chuck comes out of out of the uh, kids' room. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he says, he's like, I've seen you mad. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing really good. In here. <laughs> It's like, this ain't met the mad hope. Oh, I've seen you mad. I'm new like, levels. Chuck, I'm trying to put on joy. <laughs> trying to put on joy, Chuck. I'm going to go pray. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love Chuck. That's yeah. so funny because, yeah, he yeah. has seen me. There's, a, there's the angry hope and the nice hope. I'm learning to be more of the nice hope. Proud of you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. All right, let's move into the questions. I'm turning the girls off or they turn themselves off. They might be back. But at least, you know, that's that's what it looks like. And we're back in our room. We're back in the podcast room, which feels really nice. Because yeah. we were in really close quarters. Although, I will say, for having to do a makeshift podcast room so quickly, mm-hmm. that was really good. Yeah. But Travis, who's running the show around here, he did, he, you know, like, he comes through in a clinch. He do, he he gets us in and and gets things done. And praise ye the Lord. Amen. So here we go. First question: How do you study the Word? So you're asking me how I study the Word. When I have time to sit and read the Bible, I never know where I should go. I'm doing the Bible in a Year program now in the morning, but would still but would still like to read or study. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is. You should be in the Word every single day. And it's uh, you said right here, um, I'm doing the Bible in a Year program. So that means that um, now in the morning. That means the Bible in a Year program, if I remember right how the Bible in the Year program works out, is you do a, every day you do a certain number of chapters, chapters in the Old Testament and a certain number of chapters in the New Testament. The problem with that is it's like when you have to read... In my opinion, when you read it like that, you you get caught up in getting the goal done to read the Bible versus, which is better than nothing, okay? Because most people don't even, and I think, I think the Bible in a year um, is done to make people say, okay, let me try to do this in a year. 
they find out like, oh, I can read the Bible. I do understand it. Um, so it's a goal-oriented program, which is good. Um, but I don't know, truthfully, because a lot of times the people that I've talked to that do the Bible and the year program, they can't remember what they read. Um, they're trying to make sure that they read their chapters every day. And sometimes there's no comprehension of what they've read because they're just trying to make sure that they get the goal in of making sure they read a certain number of chapters in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I think it's like one to two in the New, but I don't even know how many. Sometimes it can be a lot in the Old. So there's really no time to to sit down and have a clear understanding of what you're taking in and reading. You're just trying to meet the goal every day so that you don't have to make up any days. And then if you do have to make up days, I mean, I literally have heard people say how much they've read in a day before to make up for it. And I'm like, do you remember what you read? No, I, I was just, I had to get it in. I had to read it all so that I could catch up. What's the point? It's like fasting and while you're fasting, you're angry or you're unkind. You know, what's the point in fasting if the, if you're, if the results of it are not spiritual fruit, don't bother. Um, just so you can say you did it, who cares if there's nothing that comes from it, it's pointless. So Bible in a year is great and all, but I would say Bible in a year for somebody who doesn't work and can sit down and read the scriptures, uh, or even people who do work, but if they would set aside the right amount of time to do it and then study what they're reading would be ideal. That's not what I have seen in the past. What I've seen in the past is hurry up and get it done. So um, my hair looks like crap. My hair looks like crap. You look beautiful. I just noticed it. Okay, what? You look beautiful. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Shut up, Talia. You're, you're a cheerleader. You don't know. It's a little flat. I know, huh? It's a little flat. Oh, Thank you. No, it's beautiful. I See, love it. See, you know what? It's because I was angry and I couldn't look at myself before we came on. Whatever. So good. Talia's so sweet. Now people are going to be mad because I said it shut up to Talia, but shut, Talia's <laughs> like a kid, my kid. I think mean, literally the girl lives at my house sometimes. So it's like talking to my daughter. That would be like me telling Norma, shut up, Norma. Um, Great cheerleaders. They're going to love me in spite. Like, they know if I look bad or good. They they look at me and they don't care. They see mom. So, um, but they love their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bible in a year. Great. Not ideal. So, what I would suggest that you do is, my opinion, stop doing the Bible in a year. Start out in the New Testament. Find out who Jesus is. He's really, the new covenant is what we walk in I'm a big proponent of Old Testament, but I will tell you, I do every day, I do Old Testament and I do New Testament, and I don't just do one chapter, I do multiple chapters, um, depending on how much I study, um, it could be maybe one in the New Testament, but then I'll do multiple chapters in in the Old Testament too, so, but I set aside, I set aside at least an hour a day of that studying of the Bible. That's not including my prayer time. And that's not including, um, like, I can't even tell you how many hours today I've already listened to teachings. That's probably why the man on the other line of the insurance company didn't get the real me because I filled myself up with with the Lord today. Um, So uh, I would 
definitely start out in the New Testament. Start with Matthew or John. John's a great book because John was best friends with Jesus and uh, he was the beloved. And, and what he writes and how he writes it about Jesus, it's not that it's better. I personally like Luke better than Matthew and John, but they're where most people tell you to start out in. I only like Luke because I'm a detailed person. I love details. And if you love details, then you're going to love Luke. <laughs> Do you see it? <laughs> Are you showing? Oh, yeah. Show yourself. <laughs> Is, are you a Luke person? You love details, right? I love details. Like all the details. Like don't. Yeah. Like when when um we're telling stories and Tom's mm-hmm. always like, yeah, you and me yeah. and Heather are always like, no 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 wait, wait wait back up no no, don't slow don't speed up yeah we want to know yeah every detail <laughs> whereas the guys in the room are like, can you speed her up? Can you make yeah. no? I want to know. Every flipping thing. And that's why Luke, I love Luke. Like Mm -hmm. Luke's my favorite as far as out of the four gospels, Luke's my favorite. But that's because he he gets down into the nitty gritty. He was a doctor, right? So doctors are going to be more detailed um, and giving more information because that's how they diagnose. That's how they have learned. It's all about the details. Um, But most will tell you start in Matthew and John. So that's where I would go. Uh, but I would not read it. I would study it. And that's truly the most important thing. Um, it's not so important that you get done in a year. It's more important that you comprehend and understand what you're reading. Um, or you won't remember it. So I brought, um, a lot of us at the church. There's a bunch of us now. We have, this is my, this this is like my Perry Stone Old Testament that's the Old Testament right there. That's how thick it is. Wow. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, what I do is when I do, I'm not kidding you. When I study, I have this out. I have a New Testament. I have it on my NIV. Um, and I'm waiting for my, um, I just gave my, um, the Holy Spirit told me to give away my um, stewardship Bible, which was, very difficult for me to do, but I gave my stewardship Bible away on Sunday. And uh, so I don't have that anymore. But then I have a Thompson uh, chain coming in that's on back order. So I'll have that. So you have your Bibles that you use to study with. Amplified's great. That was my stewardship Bible. But this Bible, I don't think you can break, break it down. But see, the thing is, is I'm looking at it down here is the study part. So you read, this is King James. So you read all of this. If you get a good study Bible, like this one is Perry Stones. He'll give you information that's very important to different scriptures. Like this one right here is going to be Job, or Job, <laughs> Job 4, 21 through 20. And he gives you that informa- much information about that those two verses. Then he also has down here, all the verses too. Now my NIV gives is like verses and then the other half is scripture, breaking it down and studying it. Studying is huge and you'll see why later on when we talk about another subject. But at the end of each, which is, this is why his Bible kicks butt and takes names. At the end of every single book, he goes what's called, this is Job in depth. Then he would have Luke in depth. And then he breaks down 
all this different information. Now, his Bible's not cheap, but it's worth every dime. Heather, would you say his Bible's worth every single dime? Absolutely. And it's cheaper now than it was. It's, oh, it's cheaper now. And I know Tracy looked it up before for everybody, but I'm just telling you, Pastor Rodney's Stewardship Bible, the reason why that Bible is expensive, because I'll tell you right now, I think it's 500 bucks. You'll get every dime back just by understanding and knowing the word. You're going to bring that over to me? Heather's going to bring it to me. It's so good. First of all, the leather, oh, the leather is so nice. It's I don't even know what it's made out of. Goat skin. Goat skin? Oh my gosh, it's so so nice. This Bible is phenomenal. But what he's done is, this is the Amplified, correct, Heather? Yes. Heather got this for her birthday from from her girls and her group. But what he did is, and I'm just telling you, it's so important. He highlights every single where, where there's a stewardship scripture, where there's giving, prosperity, Anything that teaches you about the promises of God, it's already highlighted for you. You'll get that back, that, that $500 back, because then you'll understand what giving and reaping and sowing seed is all about. And then once you understand, you'll, like every seed that you plant, you can't wait to sow seed. And then you'll, like $500 is nothing. But that's where his Bible is off the charts. He has a King James version, and he has a um, amplified version. And the pages are so nice; they're so soft. But seriously, I'm trying to find where he has more highlighted. <clears throat> so this right here is in Ecclesiastes. Everywhere, you can't beat it. A good Bible. You cannot beat. And then he has the three tassels on the end. But you can't beat a good Bible. He has the Spanish stewardship Bible, too. Oh, he has Spanish now. Oh, that's right. I remember him talking mm-hmm. about that. You can buy any kind of Bible you want to, but I would suggest always, always go with a study Bible. Um, one maybe one that doesn't necessarily like Pastor Rodney's doesn't have um, the study portion on the bottom, but he has everything highlighted for you. That's basically a, another study because it's taking you to the scriptures that stand on what you're believing for or the promises. Um, but to just read the Bible every day, that's good. It's far superior than most. But taking time, because I, again, I say this all the time. But when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, "Study yourself, uh, study yourself to be approved, a workman that needeth not be uh, be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Study yourself approved. It does not say to read. You were just supposed to study. If you study something, it becomes a part of you. And then, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If it becomes a part of you, it comes out of you. And then it's just something you respond to quickly. Like if a circumstance circumstance or something comes your way, then you stand on the word and you know what it says. Now, it's not to say that in those moments you might be like, I'm feeling a little weak here. And then you know exactly where to go in the word to build yourself back up on your most holy faith so you can make that stand again. If you just read it, you can't remember it. But if you study it, it's in your memory. It's a part of who you are. Does that make sense? I hope so. 
Um, let me see. Let me. Uh, so there's different kinds of Bibles. There's Amplified, New King James, uh, NIV. I mean, th- they have so many different kinds. These are the ones that I would focus on that I personally like myself. Um, Amplified, unbelievable because Amplified, um, you, you, it breaks down like different words, even into what the Greek meaning of them was, and then it explain. I mean amplifies the best especially if you have a very hard time understanding scripture amplified just opens it up so much for you new king james i love king james but sometimes the these thous and the thines and all that other nonsense i'm just like you can have it but king james it changes it it doesn't change what it means it doesn't remove any words but what it does is it basically gets rid of all that stuff so if it's if it's so supposed to be if the a the is supposed to be a you then it says you instead of the and then you're, you're not having to figure it out um niv i love niv i do a lot of people don't i do love it i think it's great for people to start out with you must know i have a hair hanging you must know though going into it that um it's changed some some of the wording. Some words have changed. And when they changed the word, they changed what that scripture meant. Doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. So you need to know that. It's not perfect. It is not the perfect uh, Bible. It's, it's really not. And now they've gone woke. So now it's like um, uh, it's non-gender, really. Isn't that, is that a right word, non-gender? Like neutral? Gender neutral, neutral. thank you. I was like, that's not, that's not the right word. So it's gender neutral, and I don't like that part. But I think you can still go, I think it's 1984. 84, thank you. I said something four. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1984, if you can get that version, it's Mm non-woke, which is what I have. So um, the chronological, that's good. Chronological is really good because it opens your eyes to like the placement of how things really were. It's really good. And so I, I think you can get uh, the chronological. Um, some of them will offer NIV and King James together or not, uh, New King James. You'll have them right next to each other. And then um, that's really cool because then you can break down the scriptures a different way. I say always, always, always. Go with commentaries. When I, like, I use Bible Gateway a lot um, when I study, too. and um, Or when I even do the podcast, I do Bible uh, Bible Gateway. I paid for um, a subscription. And what it does is it'll give you, I always do everything in um, Bible Gateway uh, under New King James. And I take those scriptures. Then it has a study guide area over there on the other side. You have multiple choices of different Bibles you can pull your study guides from. And then if you go down even further, you have commentaries that you can use and pull from. It, it's way more, it's sad to say, but I used to, have, you know, back in the day, you would have books and books and books. Like my dad would have commentaries sitting out. Then he would have different Bibles sitting out. Now you can just have your, your you can just have your computer open, 
And you don't have to have all of those open, but they're all you have access to all of them. And then what's that one that um, Aaron told us about that's really good? But it, it's kind of expensive, but it, Logos. L-O-G-O-S, yep. correct? Yep. Um, which is phenomenal. So I haven't done that yet. He does. I haven't used that yet, but it's very tempting. Like mm-hmm. I just I haven't. I haven't made the move yet, only because I'm kind of, I'm a non-changing person. What were you going to say, Heather? The app has it, um, a, freer, a free version. In the app store. Can everybody hear yeah, her? Yeah, in the app store, there's a free Put version. Put her on there really quick so everybody can see Heather. Oh, yes. Okay, Heather. Okay, Heather, what were you saying? There is an app that's a free version. Free version Yeah, app. but you can't get everything. That's the right. problem. You can get a lot, though, but not quite like you can't, obviously not. It's still a helpful tool, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is helpful. But, like, I think they it goes all the way up to thousands of dollars that you can spend yeah. on Logos. Yeah. Which, listen, I might do that someday. Because you can't, you can't study enough. There is, I mean, it's so interesting and profound what the Word says and how deep it goes that... But start there, girl or boy. I don't know if you're a girl or a boy, but friend. Don't, I, in my opinion, stop reading it a year, uh, the, the Bible in a year. Just maybe pick one chapter in the Old Testament, one chapter in the New Testament, Matthew and John, Matthew or John. Start working from there and... Uh, start studying there like you'll be shocked at how much time you can spend on just one chapter studying it out and breaking it down it will blow your mind you will be shocked at how much you learn and then how deep and profound the word is and it will literally make you fall in love with the word of god and all that christ did for us i mean it it will totally change everything that you think and you know about the Bible. If you don't read it, but you study it, it's it's crazy. So let's go to the next question. What would you have done differently if you could go back and do it again? I can definitely answer this one. This question took me two seconds to think of. I would absolutely, uh, when I was, I think it was 18, 18 years old when I decided and when I said out loud I think I want to exp- I want to uh, see what the world has to offer I would absolutely never have done that because that my friends led me to dating the wrong person took me to a lifestyle of sin and took my life swirling down the flipping toilet like faster than my head could spin so anybody who's wanting to see what the world has to offer I suggest if you're saved, don't even bother. It has nothing. There is absolutely nothing that it has to offer that you could absolutely love and enjoy. Fun is for a season, but those seasons, they cost you a lot. Like the scars that you you have from them, they're not worth it. And like for me, it's... Uh, it's so crazy because in those times, you think... Well, I'm only hurting myself, so what does it really matter? But but the problem is, is you're not hurting your, just yourself. You're hurting the ones that love you and the ones that will love you in the future. 
Okay. And you don't think of that at all when you're making bad decisions. When you make bad decisions, it affects your now and it affects your future. And you go, well, everybody else has a, 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 um, everybody else has a past. So what? But here's the thing. Not everybody has a past like you. For example, the man I married has basically no, no past whatsoever. None. At all. I mean, he may have done pranks and things like that. He may have, um, you know, he may have been an athlete that had a temper and things like that. But on the whole, he was very pure when I met him. Um, he stayed basically pure through our date. I mean, he broke up with me. So I can only speak of, for me, he stayed very pure while he dated me. And um, I could not say the same thing for myself to offer to him. So you sit there and go, well, everybody has, no, everybody doesn't have a past. And I would have been able, loved to have been able to offer him the same thing he offered to me. And so that's why I say your past doesn't just affect the loved ones that you have at that time. It affects the ones that will love you in the future. Like for my children, telling your kids your past, that's not fun. You don't want to have to tell your family or your children about how stupid you were. And about, I mean, some of it's pretty dang funny, but other, most of it is not funny. It's not funny. Um, so you don't want to have to like bear your soul. And then for me, because I have Jesus, those scars are healed. I don't think about them. I don't deal with them. And neither does my family. None of that, my past does not affect me. Okay. Because of Jesus. But you might not be as lucky as me, and you might not be saved. And so you might not be able to, some people, they're in depression because of their past. They live in anxiety from their past because of things, not necessarily they've done, but the things that they've allowed their mind or their bodies to experience through um, substance abuses and things like that. And none of that is worth it. So... Be very, very careful what you're willing to put yourself or make yourself susceptible to because it might not be that easy to remove yourself from it. Does that make sense, ladies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times people think, think it's all fun and games until it's 10 years later and then either you're no longer living that lifestyle and you have to explain that lifestyle. Yeah. A lot of times there's no explaining it. You're just an idiot, and so you have to eat crow, okay, because that's me. Um, but then other parts of it, I didn't get – I mean, the most I did was drink. I never did uh, drugs or, or, or even alcohol to an extent where it was an issue for me. But other people, that's not the, the case for them. And now they they have to come off of drugs and and the lifestyle that, that led them into. It's better to just, you know, I'd say that's – the world has nothing to offer that I would even want. Stay as far away from it as you possibly can. Because Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's his point behind all of it. And if he can take you out through the process, he will every chance he gets. And if that means just through partying a little bit, that partying a little bit could take you to places you never dreamt possible. So be clean. Now this next question. This next question is going to probably be a little brief because 
I understand it, but, and I like who wrote this question. Lee, my, do you know my friend Lee? He just walked by. Bye. My friend Lee that I tell you guys all about, he just, he just did this to me. Oh, he just loves. As he walked past the window. He's, He's about to leave me, he and his wife. I'll hate them forever after they're gone. Me too. What? Me too. They will come back. <laughs> they will, come, they will back. come back. They have to come back. But while they're gone, my heart is cold towards them. <laughs> I don't love them. I can't love them because then I'll miss them. I know. Yep. Yep. So hey. I'll hate them until they come back. And then I'll open my heart back up to them. Do you want to say hi to some people? Oh, yes. Who's okay. on there? This is another thing. <laughs> Listen, tell us if you're watching. Yeah. Because we're going to say hey. We're going to say hey. All right. I want to know. All right. We got Vanessa watching. Woo woo. Mom. Jer, Your mom. Kim. Kim's watching. Bachki. Bachki. Woo woo. <laughs> uh, Jer's on live. <gasps> yep. I know. Tom. Sean. Tom. Uh, Tom Bayless. My, 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 okay. I love you. Um, and Everything you're doing here at the building, I love you. Yep. Sean is watching on Black Robe or Rumble. I forget. And Marie's on. Aaron's on in the back room, making sure we're doing okay. Sweet. <laughs> uh, we got Dan and Trish, Natalie, Donna, Susan, Jules, and Holly. I love it. That have said hey. That, that said you hey. know it. That, that you know it. Hey. Because right. th right. there's more than that watching. But listen, I thank you very much. Let us know. Tr Tracy's going to give you some shout outs. But Vanessa. My abs are killing me, FYI. Just so you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so this next question. Um, okay, it interests me, but it didn't interest me. So it's probably a little bit of a hard thing for me to answer it. I'm going to be honest with you. I tried. I tried the best that I can. But it's, you're not, it's not that great. I'm going to be honest with you. I might have to put my glasses on because I might have to read something. Okay, Genesis talks about Nephilim being giants and heroes of their time. Although not in the Bible, the book of Enoch describes the Nephilim as the offspring of angels who took advantage of their positions to watch over humans and subsequently took advantage of beautiful women and had children with them. So the Nephilim were kind of a hybrid being, half human, half spirit, all bad. Well, let me just say, from what I studied, it was considered to be the fallen angels, the Nephilim. So they're not really, because even angels, let me ask you this, because I've never known angels to be spirit beings, correct? Yeah. They're not just spirit beings. Angels. Angels are not spirit beings. Correct? Listen. That's a tricky one. Because what, let's, <laughs> I've heard the same thing, that Nephilim were fallen angels. Yes. So that can't be half human, half spirit. They don't have a spirit. Angels don't have spirits. Do we need to phone a friend? Not that I know. <laughs> Who's that? My dad. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Yeah. I mean, they're angels. They're an they don't have souls. Right. But souls and spirit are, the same. are not That's the same. That's exactly my point. That's why this, I don't, this question confused me 
Because I've never known angels to be considered spirits. I consider they're just angelic. They're beings. They don't have souls. They're not spirits. Okay. This is confusing to me. I'm very confused by this question slightly. That's one of the reasons why I was like, I just can't get into it. Yeah. I mean, look up and see if you see where okay. angels are okay. spirits. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angel, angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Well, then I'm wrong. That's just the first We're thing. studying body, soul, and spirit right now. And soul being the mind, and then spirit. Holy Spirit. Spirit. Like, we're studying this right now. So what was that Hebrews what? So I can tell everybody. They're ministering spirits is what it said. So there you go. I'm wrong. Because I've never considered them. I consider them to be angels. But I'm wrong about that. Okay, people, there's a first for everything. (laughs) And you're asking me questions. (laughs) And I'm wrong. We're working through it Everybody gets it wrong every now and then. Working through it. Okay, so, okay. hmm. So the Nephilim were kind of a hybrid being, half human, half spirit, which, okay, half human. I don't know why they're fallen angels, so how are they half human? The Nephilim. See, I don't get that because this is my confusion. Plus, the Book of Enoch has been proven so wrong in so many ways. Like, they've just proven it. Plus, it's not the inspired word of God. This is why, like, this question, like, literally perplexed my brain. I can't get my head around it to a certain extent. Nephilim being giants and heroes of their time. Oh, okay. So, wait a minute. Nephilim are the offspring of angels with the woman. So, it's half human, half spirit. I get it. Okay. It appears there's a difference between the fallen angels and the demons and this is where i focused everything on for the most part my question is are demons the souls of nephilim and everything that i studied on this everything that it said that they were not demons are demons fallen angels are fallen angels and some believe fallen angels are actually imprisoned because they talk about this in first peter it's very confusing, girls. Like, getting off on things, they're not, like, soul-based. I get so, like, it's so, I mean, this is a deep thinker. This is guy, this guy's, uh, I, he's pretty, he's actually kind of funny. But, but, because uh, I know actually who this, who wrote this. But this is where I'm like, so it says, are demons the souls of Nephil- Nephilim? Well, the thing is, is, though, an angel doesn't have a soul, but a human being. This is where I got complexed. An angel doesn't have a soul, but I forgot. I mean, I didn't know that angels were considered spirits, even though I've read that scripture I don't know how many times mm-hmm. and did not even, yeah, I did not even remember either. it. So, if angels are, if angels don't have, they're a spirit, but they don't have a soul, but the women that the fallen angel had the Nephilim with does have a soul. This is where I was like, hmm. They had a body, and upon their death, I'm guessing they had a soul that went somewhere. And if their soul indeed became what we refer to as demons, 
why didn't they just go hang out with the fallen angels if God destroyed them in the great flood? Is that like deep? Oh yeah, this is my, you should have, we should have brought dad on for this one. <laughs> Actually, I can give him his contact information and Dude. they can talk oh about it. Oh my gosh, they would love each other because your dad's, okay. th but this guy and your dad, I, yeah. seriously. No, I know, they'd love it. He's a nice guy. He's a really yeah, cool guy. I met him. This guy that wrote this question. I know. I you know him. who it is? I met him. Oh, yeah. Such a great guy. Yeah. But he probably would absolutely freaking love your dad. I I, if you guys them. hate the word freaking, I don't know what to tell you. This guy would absolutely love your dad. You would love her dad. He is so awesome. Listen, I'm contacting you guys. You can talk for, the, for <gasps> hours, days, weeks, years. They would love each other. I know. I mean... And the well goes deep <laughs> they'll work for it both out. of them. I'm sure of it. They'll work it out. Oh man, they would have so much fun chatting it up. Hours. Okay. So Bachki, so <laughs> Bachki, you're off the hook, man. You will not have to talk to your husband oh, for a really so long time. She's so happy right now. You have no idea. <laughs> so here's the finishing. Why does he allow them to continue to cause havoc today? So here's the thing. Like my brain, I'm a shallow person. <laughs> this well does not go that deep. <laughs> At all. Like, my brain hurt. I know. I tried I to answer this. This is my third time trying to answer this question because <laughs> he wrote this a long time ago. I even told him. I'm like, yeah. I look at this question and I go, I just can't do it. Oh, mom already told dad. He's excited. They're going to be best friends. I love it. <laughs> I seriously love it. And mom is so happy. <laughs> oh my gosh. They will love each other. Okay. So can we move seriously. on? No, we <laughs> can't joking, move I'm on. Cause I'm I kidding, I'm kidding. We have so many verses. <laughs> we do have so many verses. So many. Okay. So Genesis six, one through four says, now it came to pass. So like you guys understand what, what he's talking about from the very beginning. Let me see. Make, make sure this isn't super important. No, we're good. So, and I hate to do that to you guys, but there, I had to do that for a specific reason, and I apologize. So, we're going to look at the scripture, how the Nephilim became the Nephilim. So, Genesis 6, 1-4 through 4 says, Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, this is the very important verse. Next, that the sons of God, meaning angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they uh, chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. And the, why, why the Lord said that was, sin entered into the world, and Adam had lived a very long time. But here's the thing, like, Adam lived to be 960-something, if I remember right. He was a ridiculous age. Well, to live that long in the world of sin is rough. And that's one of the reasons why the Lord limited. Man was supposed to live forever. But Adam's sin caused the Lord to say, I'm going to not do that to you. Who wants to live forever in a sinful world? So he, there's a reprieve where we can go to heaven. But then in this verse, in verse 3, it says, uh, The Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, and he is indeed flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. So he shortened them. That's Moses will only live to 120. That's where Tom, my husband, mm -hmm. always says, I'm going to live to 120, because actually that's what we're promised is 120. 
Um, so here's where the next verse comes in. There were giants on the earth. And in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God, the angels, came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Renown. So uh, what happens is, is some people believe that the Nephilim was destroyed in the flood. But there was like people like Goliath. Everybody's astounded at Goliath's size. But they believe he was one of the children of the angels and the wives. Does that make sense, ladies? Yes. Gotcha. I am making sense with that, right? Yep. So he would have been one of the giants in the land from the fallen angel and the fallen angel taking a wife of a normal person. Okay. From here, it gets hairy because I just don't know. So here's the thing. Have you ever looked up in the internet? They've got different pl- places that you can look stuff up. Well, I had to look stuff up for this. Oh, yeah. Instead of just going to the Bible, mm-hmm. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. Because, and here's the thing. I don't believe a lot of stuff because... It's not Bible-based. So this I say with a grain of salt. But here's the thing. There are some that believe that the Nephilim are demons. And then there's a lot of people that believe that the Nephilim are just fallen angels. Now, I'm going to read you this last paragraph because it's the only part that actually makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. It says, the idea that demons are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim is also drawn from the book of Enoch, which I take the book of Enoch with a grain of salt, personally which goes into great detail regarding the Nephilim. We have to remember that while the book of Enoch contains some truth, which talks about in Jude 14, it is not the inspired and errant and authoritative word of God. Exactly what I said, right? We should never base a belief exclusively exclusively or even primarily on extra-biblical literature. So with no need to explain the existence of demons outside of the fallen angels, and with no clear evidence in Scripture for the spirits of the Nephilim continuing on earth, there is no solid basis on which to identify the demons with the spirits of the Nephilim. While the idea is possible, it cannot be derived explicitly from Scripture, and therefore it should not be considered the best explanation of the origin of demons. So to say, to, to ask, answer your question, where do their spirits go, or their whatever, I have no earthly idea. I don't even have the beginning clue. Because the thing is, is it's all based off of the book of Enoch for the, for the most part. Where it's talked about the most. And it doesn't even say that they had souls. My problem is, is my, what I can't explain away is if, it's like, 
Jesus, when Jesus was, like a lot of people get confused about Jesus. Jesus was born of a woman, but the seed of the Holy Spirit. Correct? Yes. Correct. Even he sinned, he did not sin as a man. And the thing is, is, but his flesh desired, even though he was part Holy Spirit, his flesh still desired what men desire. So to say, well, he didn't really, it was easy for him not to sin because he's part Holy Spirit. That's not the truth. The truth is, is he was tempted, and it says in the word, he was tempted just like man is tempted today. And yet he rejected it and he lived a perfect, perfect life. And it says we are to be perfect as he is perfect. So if, 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 if the word tells us that we can be as perfect as Jesus was, it isn't because he was derived from the Holy Spirit and that's what made him perfect. And so we're expected to be something that is impossible for us because we're made from two humans. It's not the truth. So I go back to this question, which is a brain twister. Even though this was, this was, this giant was part woman, Jesus had a spirit and a soul because he came from woman, even though he came from the Holy Spirit. How does that change a fallen angel and still a woman? Having a soul and a spirit. I wish you guys could see the girls right now. Because <laughs> they're like, it's truth. Like, how does that, how did that, how does that giant not have a soul and a spirit? Mm. Great question. Dude, you need to call Tracy's dad. You. you will have the time of your life. I'm perplexed by that. Or but I'll be honest with you. And I, oh, my hair. I can see my hair. Really no, the good. other way. Okay, I'm perplexed by this, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you, like, and I'm sure you care, like, about that much, too, as much as I do, but you're just a deep thinker. But my brain can't handle all of that, and I could care less. Yeah. I don't care. But she doesn't help me answering your question, because yeah. I don't care. Mm. I mean, there's a but lot I, of stuff. But it really was a brain teaser for me. Yeah. Like, it really was. Yeah, there's enough stuff online. I like found Is a bunch really? of stuff. Oh yeah, I just I mean if you really want to dig into it. Really? Yeah, I mean they're saying Nephilim, the translated word is fallen one, so that's why some people wonder if they're fallen angels. Cuz that word translates to fallen ones. But Aaron is But saying, Book of Enoch no. says they are. That's what this that's what the perplexing thing is. Correct. Oh, let me hold on my hair. Okay, wait a minute. Aaron's a great Aaron. Aaron's a great person because he is a great person. I mean, Aaron's great because Aaron gets kind of like deep in the weeds sometimes. Yeah, he does. Okay, so go ahead, Aaron. He says it also in Genesis, and it doesn't mention, here I'll pull myself up, um, that they're fallen. Demons are fallen angels. Angels have a spirit like us, but they are still created beings like humans. And then it says in the book of Enoch, it was written way, way after the Bible and has been biblically proven wrong on so many levels. Yeah, that's my problem notes. with the book of Enoch. Right. Because, like, it's... It isn't the inspired word of God. It was left out for a reason. Because the thing is, is if you go back to the Dead Sea Scrolls, when they mm -hmm. found the Dead Sea Scrolls, 
they literally cannot find anything in the King James Version. Okay. King James Version, yeah. the one that's been translated to English. Right, right. They cannot find one thing that when it was in the Dead Sea Scrolls that didn't match okay. our Bible. That's interesting. The book, yeah. Yeah. Flawless. Flawless. Mm-hmm. So my thing to that is the book of Enoch's not in there for a reason because they can't do the same thing with that as they can with all the, all the books in the Bible. Yeah. They can't do it. So it's out of there for a specific reason. It's because it's full of flaws, yeah. of prophecies that didn't come to pass uh-huh. or things in it that they could not calculate to be exact. Wow. Okay. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sticking to it. All right. <laughs> hey, it's your podcast. It's my podcast. <laughs> so I, I get to do what I want to do. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, very, very interesting question. And that literally, like, holy crap, fried my brain. Now I'm going to skip to, I only have six minutes. So I'm going to skip to a question. Hopefully, no, I can't even skip to that one because that's going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to skip way down to my very last one. Excuse me. There are no scriptures with this one. Okay. So you're free. Perfect. I had a lot. Of, uh, I have, so the two after that one question will be answered on Friday. And by the way, send in your questions. I mean, not a Nephilim question, please. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but send in your questions. We need them. Or I'll make up my own. That's just the way it is. It is. But um, send them in, send them in, send them in. Okay, so the next question is, my wife, Debbie, <clears throat> was watching Pastor Rodney today, and I understand that he was talking about people purchasing land to start growing food since our food supply is quickly being controlled and compromised. It is. I guess he called it the Eden Project or something like that. So she asked me to send a question into the Hope Hotline asking if Foundation might be considering doing something like that because she would like to, she would be willing to volunteer to work at it if the church went down that road. So I will tell you, uh, Pastor Rodney has talked to uh, Tom and uh, absolutely wants to help us with that project. Um And wants us to get it started Um, when we're ready to get going. uh, We would have probably started it much sooner than um, later uh, or started the process. But the building uh, is just an overwhelming project, so it's not even possible. Now, when we get going... We absolutely are interested. We do. We have talked to him. We are going to do it, or at least that's the intent at this time to do that. We have several people who have asked to volunteer because it's going to take a monumental amount. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the Eden Project, but it's like really big. So if you go to the river, they have an area that's designated in greenhouses and things of that nature. Um, they have um, hydro, isn't it hydroponics? Hydro. I guess hydroponics, know. hydro something or another. Hydroponics, thank okay. you. Yeah. Uh, that they grow things in the water, they grow things in the ground, they grow things on platforms. 
it's 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 pretty big. They they own twenty six plus acres. I think they just attained several more acres in the past year. This this past year in twenty twenty two. So um, it it they have acreage now. We have ten acres, but part of that ten acres um, is parking lot. So how we would do that, we, we, we have to figure all that part out. But but they also have it um, this garden area in a secured area so that no one can come and rob you. Because trust me, when the poop hits the fan, people are going to go and they're going to start stealing more than they are right now. So um, you have to have all of those things in place. Those are the things that people, it's great to have a garden. But if people have access to the garden and can come in, destroy it, rip it up, steal from it, what's the point? So those are the, the things that we have to think through. We have to uh, process it. He has acres. Like even when you pull into the river, when you're driving down their windy roads and things like that, they have actual trees planted along fruit trees when you're going into the river to the stand to the big canopy area or even into the building uh, tom and i were walking in and one of the areas that they have they use they use so many places that um if it's green and has grass they're growing something on it and that's the truth and they expect no one to rob from them or steal from them they had, um, when we walked in there, because um, we have to walk in the, uh, where we go, we walk into, uh, we get to park in a private area, a private parking area. So in the private parking area, they had mangoes. They, I don't think, I, I think they have like five mango trees and the mangoes are just hanging from them. They're not ripe, but they're hanging from them. So they literally have fruit trees, like all kinds of things growing all over the place, um, all over there, not just in this one designated area, but the whole place is gated. You can't get in there. And they pay, I think he said he pays $100,000 a month for security. And we're not talking like regular Joe security. We're talking about he has the Hillsborough, isn't it Hillsborough in Tampa? Yeah, Hillsborough uh, Sheriff's Department on his property, on his land, 24 hours a day, pretty much. So you go on that property, good luck. <laughs> You'll be taken out real quick. Um, then on top of that, he has his own security. So like for us to do something like that, those are the things you have to think of. Those are the things you have to process. And and where are you going to put all all? you know, all this fruit and everything in a secured area. I'll, I'll tell you right now, we have a certain area, but that area we use for kids, kids rock. Yeah. We do um, Sunday afternoon Frisbee where a whole bunch of families come out. Anybody can come out. It's open to everyone. They do, uh, what's it called? Ultimate Frisbee. Ultimate Frisbee every Sunday evening. We would need a lot more land than what we have. Even the land that the kids do Kids Rock on and uh, Ultimate Frisbee is not even close to the amount of land that you need. So it's absolutely a thought. It's absolutely a want. We definitely have people who are highly interested in. And we actually have, it's so funny because before um, Pastor Rodney came to us, 
someone came to my husband and said, hey, listen, I feel like we need to do a project like this. They've stepped up and said, when we go and do it, I feel like I'm supposed to lead it. Um, and then Pastor Rodney came to us and said, hey, we, we I want to help you get this going. We we have a plan. Um, so uh, we have the person who will lead the project. And uh, it's it, it, we can see where God's started it all. But to get there, it's going to be a process. But we will get to that process and we will figure it out and it will all be perfect. But I absolutely will take your wife up on her offer. And listen, I stink. I prophetically am going to speak something over myself that I'll have to reverse later. But I have no green thumb whatsoever. <laughs> Everything that I touch dies. So someone's going to have to help me. Heather's pretty good. But even the stuff that Heather grew last year. Although, how's your garden grow going this year, Heather? Really good. Now, in Texas, you killed it. You kicked butt and took names. You, like, had a huge garden. You just have to learn Florida, how to garden in Florida, correct? It and you're learning everything it. everything out last year because of all the rain. Yeah, last year was not good. And I did it last year, but I stinky. That way I can get them out if a hurricane Yeah. Comes. Yeah. Awesome. Heather's got a green thumb. She's tried to teach me. That didn't go so well. <laughs> I might just eat her food. Good idea. I don't really need to. I don't need a green thumb. No. I got Heather. Exactly. We got Heather. That's, I got Heather. We got Who cares? Huh? We got chickens. We got chickens. Yeah. I do have chickens, although my chickens are not laying eggs. Mine are my, my chickens are not laying eggs. They are more of pets <laughs> than anything else. Super helpful. And then, and then, even them, like my own children, which I have to do far less with my kids today, I have to keep, I have to keep them from fighting. <laughs> yes. Chickens have a pecking order. Did you know that? I did, but that's okay. funny. Heather turned me on. Now, you guys are going to turn me off. Like, I'm past my time. I'm going to keep talking because i got to tell you something. <laughs> this morning, when I got home from my workout, my chickens, I threw some corn. Heather informed me chickens love raw, like, Corn stalks. No, not grass. Corn stalk. I took the corn and I put the stalk out. Yeah. Which I feed my kid, my chickens, corn. <laughs> my, my kids. kids. <laughs> they're pretty much my kids now because they're, yep. they're not laying eggs. Yeah. Um, so I take them out this corn because I love my chickens. They're my babies. Um, but one of them is meaner than the other. And she, every time the other chicken went over to get the eat some of the I like I throw out five so then I know this one chicken she, she's a little she's a little bit like me so she's like got to be in the mix of everything and she's like if the one chicken goes to this corn thingy she's over there and pecking and won't let him so he comes over here and she's pecking like she runs to everything you can't touch a thing right so I'm like okay you're not nice so I'm throwing you back in the other coop because I got two I'm throwing you back over there. You get one, and the other one's getting four. You going to be mean? No, I'm not mean. I just got to know what's going on all the time. This chicken's like me. Got to know it. But she's mean, too. So I'm just saying, she learned her lesson this morning. I took her out. She was not happy. <laughs> and then 
after the chicken ate all the corn off the stalk, I let her, let her back in. She went over there so fast because she was, she was like, where is, where is it? I'm at it. And then she was not happy when she found oh, out. No. There went nothing left. <laughs> See, that's what I used to do with my kids. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you, you know how you want to teach your kids to say kind words to one another, not to be mean? This is the thing. I'm going to teach you something real quick. Like, it's a privilege to speak, to be able to talk. And that's what I used to tell my kids. It's a privilege to be able to talk to one another. And if you cannot be nice to one another and use that privilege in the way that is honoring to the Lord and doesn't frustrate your mother, I'm taking the privilege away from you. You will not speak. You will not talk. And guess what? We were quiet a lot. <laughs> but guess what? I didn't have to listen to them argue. So you can't, you know, it's a privilege to speak. That's it good. is. If you can't be nice, yeah. the privilege will be taken away from you. It's like somebody I know took away their kid's birthday because they were being nice. So you know what? Your birthday's gone. I love that. Huh? I remember that. Yeah. It worked. Guess what? Their kids straightened up real quick because you know what? To have a birthday, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. And that's what people forget in life. There are privileges in life. You don't get to do whatever you want to do and be however you want to be. That's the way it is. If you can't do it in the right way, it'll be taken from you. Yeah. And most people think, well, no, you've got to suck it up. You've got to deal with it. I don't have to deal with it. Mm. Not, if in your, not if in your my realm or my sphere. Because mm -hmm. I'll remove myself or I'll <laughs> remove you. There you go. <laughs> One of the two is going to happen. Yep. I don't care. Huh? What were you going to say? Yeah. I'm agreeing yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. If you've had kids, or if you have young kids, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Keep the parenting tips coming. And Logan, <laughs> Logan's just about to happen. It's just about to happen for her. Like when your kids get older, it's yeah. pretty hard. Like you can't do that with a 16-year-old. You just take their car away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <wow>. That's far <laughs> worse than taking their privilege of talking away. But when they're little, they love to talk. They like to, you know, bicker and argue. Well, they don't get that right. So here we go, straight to salvation. I don't know how I'm going to transition into that, but we're just going to go for it. If you don't know the Lord as your uh, Lord Jesus and Savior, if he is not number one in your life, today's your day because nothing else matters. Truthfully, it just doesn't matter. Uh, you can go this life, uh, you know, top of, the, top of your game, or you can go this life barely getting by if that. But God came um, God sent his son to this earth so that you might have it and um, life and more abundantly. So I would tell you to choose life, to choose him. And I'm just telling you, you, you'll never regret that decision for the rest of your life. I think everyone in this room will honestly tell you some of us have uh, lived it, walked away and come back. Some people in this room never really knew God um, and came to him and they stuck with it and never walked away. As soon as they experienced him, they were like, this is it. Because they knew life pretty much all their life, him not being really existent in, in their life. And then they really realized. And that I might be speaking to some of you. And then some of you might be like me. You tasted and saw that he was good. You're an idiot. You thought, eh. I can do this on my own. And then you realized, I can't do this on my own. This is pretty bad. 
I screw it up pretty good. And you need to come back. So if that's the case, whatever it is, if you've never known him to knowing him and walking away, today's your, your day. Please say this prayer with me. Let us know that you've said it. But just it's super simple, super quick, and then it'll be a life-changing experience for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I will live f with you and for you forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Simple as that. You're on your way. Now listen. The big thing is, is, you know, people say that he takes you as you are. Jesus takes you as you are. That's true. He will take you as you are to a certain extent. Once you ask him to, to take over your life, though, that means you go the opposite direction that you were headed. So he takes you as you are up to the point of saying the sinner's prayer and getting your life right with him. And now what he's going to do is on a daily basis, he's going to speak little words of direction and guidance to you. And it's up to you what you do with them. Most of the time, almost everybody that I've ever talked to says the first thing that he did with them is changing their speech. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does he look at? This, the word says that when you are judged, it's, you're judged by your heart. He looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outer shell. He looks at the heart and the motive of the heart. So what he does is he, because those two scriptures correlate together, he's going to change the way you talk. Life and death is held in the tongue. Plus, no foul language out of your mouth. He is going to help you. The thing is, you need to look different than the world. How do we look different from the world? By the things that we say. And our actions follow. Okay? So he's the first thing he did with me is he said, you ain't cussing anymore. I don't, Jesus didn't cuss. Right? Get rid of that filthy, foul mouth. I made a sailor look good how I spoke. It was like, if I could say the F word, every other word, I did. I loved it. Okay? But it's not who Christ is. So we don't talk like that. We are him. So he takes you uh, as you are up to the point of saying that prayer and saying, Lord, now you be Lord of my life. If he's Lord of your life, that means that whatever he says goes. So whatever he tells you to get rid of, you get rid of. Whatever he tells you to do, you do. You live for him now. But I promise you, if you do those things, sky's the limit. You will not know who you are a year, three months, six months from now. You won't even recognize yourself. And you will not believe the places that he'll take you. You'll be shocked and amazed that your life is as good as it is. Because you didn't even dream it was possible. It, I, I promise you. You do it for one year. Live for him. Do what he says. And you'll never, ever want to go back. Amen. I will see you Friday. Thank you for tuning in and be blessed in Jesus name. Real talk.